Hey, all right, all right. It's Hard Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Deadman. And with us tonight is Robert W. Walker, an established author with over 80 books under his belt. Oh, come on, Stephen King. How many books do you have? Come on, Stephen King. All right, Mr. Walker. I start off with one question with all my guests. I mean, I think most people know who you are. They have to. I mean, I've I've read uh, Aftershock, but I've seen so many of your of your books titles like I think on my my mom's shelf or whatever when I was a kid. Of course, I was playing more video games then at that time. Mm. I apologize for not reading them, but your titles I've seen. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people have seen your titles. Um, Aftershock is uh, where it really goes back in time. <laughs> it does. Doesn't it? That was not my best. That was not my best hour. Oh, it was so good though. I I enjoyed it. But anyway, Mr. Walker, who are you and what do you do? Uh, well, I, I write in various categories. Uh, I grew up uh, in Chicago, and and uh, Chicago gives you a, quite a background for characters. And I I, I moved from. Um, place to place because we were always just ahead of the, the collectors okay and uh, I met a lot of characters over the over the years and as I was in high school uh, actually junior high I started writing short stories and I got uh, enamored of uh, Mark Twain okay so I started imitate, uh, imitating Twain and learning some uh, writing through Imitative writing, which I, I still teach uh, uh, college, and I, I teach my students to, you know, practice uh, studying closely the, the work of other people, which uh, you can learn from and, and utilize in your own work. Right, I and mean, that's how you develop as a writer. Yeah, as an artist, as a painter, uh, they do the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're in an art institute, you know, you learn to do a Picasso. You learn to do a Rembrandt. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine being an artist you and learn. not... not yeah, it's like, can you imagine being an artist without appreciating and being able to try to do the art of, of others? I mean, come on. At least some people. At least some yeah. big, big names. Yeah, every every great writer has been inspired by some someone that came before. And that's certainly the, the case with uh, Shakespeare, even... He took the plays of other people and, and improved them. That's right. That's right. So now you've been writing. Uh, for, oh, go ahead. Yeah, with me, I, I, I didn't. I never wanted to stay in one lane, mm-hmm. as they say. So I've, I do crime novels and supernatural, uh, psychic Even romance, uh, right? Tales. Well, I can I, I don't do strictly romance, but I do historicals. And uh, I think a historical needs a romance in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I, I can see why it, it seems to go with it. Either <laughs> either romance or horror. Uh, you, you could you could go yeah. either way. Uh, Seems like most people uh, don't like uh, too much romance in horror. No, no I get that no. a lot. That's not, I get that a lot. Yeah, horror and romance are two genres that do not mix well because the one the one major rule is you don't have sex. At least in horror movies, you don't have sex in horror movies because you're gonna die. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just sex is bad, <laughs> yeah. right? Sex is bad. Walking around outside your panties bad. You know, uh, doing drugs it, bad. It's like it's like horror movies were made by uh, very 
<laughs> you know, yeah. conservatives or something, yeah. you know. Restrict but, Christian uh, values. It's, it's like you're going to go Maurice. blind if you have sex. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, all, this, all the... Uh, all the admonitions of, of parents about having sex. Uh, and then, then the kids want to do something like have sex on a, on a grave site. Well, yeah, then you uh, can't help to, them. Just, I mean, just to piss off the parents. <laughs> right. It's like, come on, kids. You know not to have sex in the graveyard. Come on. You're, you're provoking <laughs> You're provoking the, the ghost that possessed you at this point. I can't feel sorry for you. You're wanting <laughs> it to happen. Okay. Now, yeah, the, cre- the, the creature comes out. Uh, after that crap, because, probably because they they can't have sex anymore. Right. Or maybe they want to join in. I have no idea. I, I don't know what happens in the undead life. <laughs> I can, can ask you. Uh, I could tell you. But let me say. You I've, write I've the, seen reviews of some of my books where, ah, he screwed it up. He had to have, the, he had to have that sex scene in there. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, I read that in about Aftershock, too. And I think there was a sex scene in Aftershock <laughs> that was kind of, it is what it is. I mean, you know. Yeah, you gotta gotta have some release from all the tension. Right, right. <laughs> and honestly, I think it. Uh, yeah, it probably has something to do with the author. Uh, uh, I get, I, I get, you know, whatever I'm describing, whatever scene I'm working in, I'm feeling it so much mm-hmm. that I, I enjoy doing the sex scenes. Oh yeah, of course, I imagine like so. Masturbation. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> okay, okay. So, now you write in all sorts of different genres, uh, uh, genres. Horror, thriller. Yep. Which one is is your favorite? Which one is mm-hmm. your favorite? Go ahead. Oh, as, as, as a, which genre is your favorite? Uh, you know, I have more fun with the horror. That's more like uh, to me. It's more like it, it's not so serious. Not so. It's more of a like a comic book or a graphic novel. Whereas, if I'm doing the crime novels, serial killers stuff it gets so intense i have to get away from it for a while uh it's like really looking into the abyss and at the worst the worst side of america of human nature mm-hmm. and and in horror it's more like the monsters take choreographed you can you can you know what they're going to do next with the serial killer you never know what the hell it's going to do right uh and i don't know what he's going to do until he does it which keeps my readers wondering what's next, what's next. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the monsters, they're friendly. They're, you know, in a sense, no matter how bad they are, they're just working through kind of a um, natural state of being. Like if you're a werewolf, your nature is going to be the He's nature average. of yeah. a wolf. And if you're a vampire, your nature is going to be the nature of the bat. <laughs> I use a lot of the, the actual descriptions of animals and creatures uh, to um, to give some back 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 flesh uh, backstory yeah. to the uh, to the creatures and the monsters, but they're just uh, friendlier. You know, <laughs> the serial killer is like shit. I can't believe I'm even imagining this stuff. It's it's hard on me. Right, right. That it's really, much harder. That really puts things in perspective. Uh, but I, it's it's the, but it's I, the human I, serial killers. That yeah, are crazy. Yeah. But what I really, really enjoy, actually, I started out writing historicals, and I thought that's what I would do from beginning to end. Um, I love to do the research, and I enjoy the research, and then um, molding the research to a story, you know, putting a story together with the research, putting the, you know, 
They're like two hands uh, meeting two gloves, you know, this inside, inside out. You know, it's just like the research has to take the backdrop to the story. Mm-hmm. That's why you got to have more romance, romance and relationships in the historical. Yeah. But uh, I did a book on Salem witchcraft, which was really the book I always felt that I was put here to to write. And it's it's like oh, a really? big book. It's like three volumes. And then I get one on the American Indians and their involvement in the Civil War. They had entire brigades. Oh, I didn't um, realize they had t- they, entire brigades. They did? Yeah, this is the west of the Mississippi, so it never got as much attention. Man. Because it's west of the Mississippi in the Oklahoma Territory, uh, Texas and Arkansas and uh, Kansas. <clears throat> but the um, there were three chiefs, and uh, I told the story of how each chief went in a different direction. Mm. <laughs> they it totally totally decimated the uh, the tribes, Man. the five tribes of Oklahoma. Wow! So, I mean, so uh, but yeah, I, you, I think you've done a lot. I, I mean, you, you know, for my for my yeah for myself, I enjoy the historical stuff. So then I started mixing history with monsters. So I, I put a monster on the Titanic. <laughs> okay. Uh, what kind of monster? That, yeah, that, that's really a cool story. I got a ch- shape-changing creature on the Titanic. And all the questions that I had about how stupid that you you would not have this going on or that happening, all, all the questions that were unanswered, um, the creature kind of answers you know, the fact that he's on board, it's on board, mm. uh, answers all those questions. Like, why wasn't there any, um, there was not one pair of binoculars. Did the guy binoculars? in the crow's nest, guy in the crow's nest had no binoculars. But and they said they left see? all, <laughs> that makes they sense. said, yeah, at the inquest, they said, well, we had binoculars, but that box was left on, on the, the pier. And it didn't get on board. <laughs> and that didn't answer. That just didn't sound right to me, you know. <laughs> so I had to come up with some kind of an answer. When I first started that book, I was okay. I was going to put it all on the captain. The captain went crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. See, I was thinking that, but too. That, the captain's the monster. He's like an imposter. Okay. Yeah. Well, I thought that was not as uh, interesting. Leonardo DiCaprio is a monster. Kept... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I went to see the movie. Yeah. To see how much uh, they, how much research they did, because by that time I had done so much research. The book had a curse on it from the beginning because yeah. I I had uh, interest in in the New York publisher, and then uh, Rod Serling's brother, who was usually writing about, his name was Robert Serling. Okay, he was usually writing about uh, airplane, you know, uh, stories that had to do with air flight. So he was never in the ocean. Well, he right ahead of me, he wrote a book called Something's Alive on the Titanic. And so my agent quit the idea. She didn't want anything to do with it. Um, my editor that I had some interest in, he, he said, forget about it. Uh, Sterling beat you. Uh, my co-writer had a co-writer on it. He dropped off. Shit. Wow. <laughs> I was... I was like, oh fuck! <laughs> like, what did you? Do? But what I wouldn't let. I wouldn't let it. Well, I wouldn't let it go. 
and I finished the book on my own. I, my co-writer, uh, he, he uh, disavowed himself of anything to do with it. <clears throat> and so I got the rights uh, to work on it, and I finished it. And um, I put it up on KDP, and a Kindle, okay. made it a Kindle title. All right. And that's one and, thing we're, uh, That's it, one thing I definitely want to ask later on on the show is um, your experience with self-publishing and traditional publishing. Before we get into that, um, with all the genres you've written, horror is your favorite. Now, is horror the one that the pays pays the bills, or is it uh, like thriller, crime thriller? Actually, I, I sell more of the thrillers, like the, the crime, the instinct series. Right, is my right. big breadwinner. I mean, uh, that's... a lot of times I think a lot of times I think the horror community has not adopted me. I'm kind of a, I'm uh, kind of a, a loose, like a. Uh, you know, whenever they make a, like a list of horror authors, I'm never on it. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, well, he's, he's not really a horror writer. He writes all this other stuff. Yeah, I don't know. But well, that's... I feel like the uh, feel like the you know the ugly duckling. Anyway, uh, they don't know where to place you. Horror. I do enjoy horror. I enjoy writing it, um, and I, I get a kick out of the characters, particularly my blood screen. Bloodstream series. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, with, uh, and there's there's a vampire. title. There's a title that cut my eye. I think it was what uh, Satan Satanipedes. Is that right? Satanipedes. 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 Okay. Yeah, it's supposed to be cin- giant centipedes. Okay. And um, yeah, they they just come up out of the ground in Texas. Our hero in the in the whole series is an archaeologist, and every time he's at a dig, he either gets pulled away by. Um, Voices in his head because he's got this steel plate in his head from uh, from Vietnam. Okay. He was killed. Uh, he comes back. He, he he's not quite dead, but he's in a pile of bodies. When they discover he's not dead, mm. but his head his head needs to be reconstructed. But <laughs> well, that thing becomes like an antenna to the supernatural. Oh wow! Okay. And so he'll be on a dig and he'll hear voices. And sometimes those voices tell them to go to another place, another location. Okay, and these are actual but real voices. Cut. They're not just voices in his head. He's in like schizo. He's actually picking up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's picking up. Yeah, voices from the grave. Um, it's like I've got. I'm working on the tenth book, and it's uh, kind of a return of the vampire babies. Oh, the vampire yeah. babies. Are, the vampire babies title is. Uh, Really, kind of uh, the the cover uh, artwork my son did just it's hard to look at it, you know. <laughs> it's, it's these little red red babies, right? But they right. were that's a title uh, that caught my eye too. Vampire babies, like tell me about that. Yeah. I mean, what's going on there? Because I, I think this image of demonic looking or demonic baby <laughs> bloodsucker babies yeah. is just crazy. Well, see, they 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 uncover what they call a. Um, uh, they call vampire babies because they they've been buried with the stones in their mouths and to keep them uh, from uh, rising from the grave. And it goes the one that they uncover goes back to Roman times. And uh, these these particular vampires are actually uh, mind vampires. They, so they don't really vampires. suck your blood. Yeah, they're psychic vampires. And and there's a lot of them and. Uh, and they they get into very he's he's got students that he works with and 
young people, uh, uh, kind of a, you know, I'm a teacher myself, so this, the young people, are, he, he gets more young people killed than anybody. Uh, it's kind of crazy because he'll have a whole uh, student uh, group there with the, with the dig. Mm-hmm. But they all got uh, they all got mental problems now because the babies have taken uh, they've they've taken over their minds and taken they, over their and minds. They can do okay. crazy. So yeah, they're they, doing crazy shit. Do, do they drain people of their like psychic energy too? Yeah, and they, well, they 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 hit on areas like the sex sexual part of the brain or the 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 mean whoa, part, whoa. the aggression. These vampire babies need to stay away from that. <laughs> vampire babies going to the sex part of the brain. Jesus, <laughs> I mean, well, they, yeah, they'll they'll move somebody like uh, the young student into uh, into Abe's arms when you know it's not not to be done. But mm-hmm. they're not, you know, the, the, the girl's not controlling herself. The vampire baby's controlling her. Ah, so and he just... figures all he figures all this out. He makes a deal with the vampire baby leaders that he'll take them all in his head. Now, these vampire babies, uh, are they moving around themselves? Are they sort of, um, like, are they are they controlling yeah, things like, from afar like, from like, where they're buried? Or are they actually moving around? They're, they actually rose from the, the, the graves. They're ethereal. Okay. They, get into your, uh, they get into your system. Okay, so they're not like crawling around. No, no, they're okay. not. So they're not, not like physical they're... so much as they're. Okay. Yeah, it's more like a psychic, uh, psychic phenomena, hmm. which kind of. It, I think I'm sure a lot of people read it when they were hoping that okay. they'd find babies that were. Okay, I'm following now. Physical. I'm following. I'm following now. I think because when you said vampire babies and they kind of come from the grave, uh, it kind of made it seem like mm-hmm. you have these babies just crawling out from the grave, which would. You... Wild and how to make that story work would be interesting, but and, uh, so they kind of more in, like float in psychic, around in, uh, in archaeological uh, terms. Um, they really they do call these uh, these graves that they find with children that have died of uh, various diseases over the years. They'll find whole clusters of children that are buried, and okay. they call them um, they call them. Um, uh, vampire babies because of the way that they were buried. Wait, oh wait, that's a real and, term. Yeah, and they they didn't they didn't really you know the kids did not have a life. They're really young. They're very they're like toddlers, you know. So they don't have any control <laughs> of what they do to people. <laughs> you know, they're they're kind of mischievous, uh, and he kind of. The older ones, he uh, he communicates with better, and they kind of keep the others in intact. And he's got this whole institute, this scientific institute back in, in home. He, he has a lot of money, and uh, he has scientists studying everything that he comes back with. You know, like the satanopedes, they, they study each creature uh, to learn what they can do if, if ever there's another attack. And how to kill it, and how to control it, and so forth. But he oh. hasn't been able to do much with the, the babies yet. Now, I'm not okay. sure what he's going to do. But the next the next book, he still got him in his head. He made a, he makes a deal with him, and he's got them all in in his own mind, so he, mm. nobody else is affected by them. 
He feels remember? responsible. By for the way, now I'm not the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't have Jamie. I don't have like a co-host that can like Google search things in case I don't really know about something. But yeah, yeah so archaeologists really do. They do. They find vampire burial sites of a, of a child feared capable of rising from the dead, yeah. and they dub these. If the child's burial, got a the yeah. child's got a brick in his mouth. They got like this bricky Makes you stone in their mouth. What happened? You know, when the child was buried, because you know that it must have taken a lot for. The, the local people to want yeah. to bury a baby with a brick in the mouth. I mean, yeah, actually, I, it opens with the the mothers having to do that, and 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 the people who are like the uh, the, the leaders of the of the tribe telling them that they have to do this, and they they want the mothers to take care of it because they don't want to touch them. Wow. And uh, and the kids do have a disease, so the disease is a large part of of getting rid of them and making sure that they don't rise from the grave. Yeah. And you know, uh, you know, if you know a little bit about, uh, grave stones and the history of, of all that, uh, the, when remember in the old days, they had laid the stone flat on the ground over the top because of the concern that, uh, this person would rise from the grave. If, uh, yeah. stones of standing up came later. Hmm. <laughs> It's always been that concern. You want to see Uncle Phil wandering the, the moors, do you? <laughs> no. All right. But what if they There's liked Uncle Phil? What There's if they, of... What if Uncle Phil was a fun person and he wanted to come back around? Be like, hey, man, Uncle Phil can yeah. come back. <laughs> Casper, the friendly ghost. Right, right. I don't know. Yeah. No, the, the centipede, too. I think, the, the, I think this disease, disease uh, had a lot to do with that in the old days. Yeah, I can as imagine. we're going through this COVID, as we're going through this COVID thing now, you can imagine what it was like before they they knew anything. You know, right? right. <laughs> Everything was invisible. She, invisible right. world. They, they thought demons possessed you or ghosts got you sick or something. Um, you know, what was it? In the, they blessed you when you sneezed because they think yeah. your spirit was leaving your body. You know, yeah. At least that's what yeah. I was told. Yeah, primitive, uh, even today, primitives, uh, you take their picture, they think you've taken part of their soul. Right. <coughs> I think Native Americans thought that, too. I mean, it's really weird. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. When my, um, in my Salem book, I have a scene where you know, I, it was actually doing very well among Christian readers until they get to this scene where uh, this girl uh, is attacked by uh, in public uh, in an apothecary. She's attacked by one of the brooms, oh, wow. and the broom goes well up her up her vagina, oh, you know? sh- and she she basically masturbates in front of everybody and claims that it's not her doing. And this is in the Salem and, um, book. Yeah, yeah. Oh damn! Yeah, I got a lot. There's a lot of sex in that book because <laughs> uh, you got you know they had a situation where a kid turns twelve or thirteen. They push him out of the house and send him to a stranger's house to become a maidservant in the other home. So, but well, all kinds of, that opens, yeah, that opens up all kinds of problems. Yeah, yeah our ancestors. Were pretty, so those girls, all those girls, all those girls, yeah, all those little girls that were pointing the fingers and having um, uh, epileptic fits. That that was their way of getting back at the uh, adult world. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. A lot of, 
a lot of psychology involved. Now, I try one, to do a lot of psychology in my books. One of the books Human I definitely nature. want to talk about here is True Instinct. This is part of one of your one mm-hmm. of your mini series that you have going on here, the Instinct series. Now, yeah, this this is kind of a rough one because the uh, the serial killer is is doing uh, infants infanticide. Oh, damn! That's pretty hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, for those that are new for uh, to Instinct, the Instinct series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What? Okay, yeah. For those that are new to the Instinct the series, first. what what is it? And oh. Yeah. yeah. First in the series uh, introduces the medical examiner, and she's very young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sixteen books now, so she's yeah. grown up a little bit, um, and she's kind of lost a lot of her innocence. And uh, it it follows it tracks Dr. Jessica Curran from uh, being a, a pathologist at a hospital to becoming an FBI agent uh, with uh, her medical examiner as an FBI agent. She goes does the field work to take stuff back to the lab, uh, autopsies. Every book has at least one autopsy or two, but no two autopsies are alike. And, and that's, tr- that's a lot of work. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, make, you know, instead of just duplicating the autopsy, like I see a lot of people like, I don't know, I don't want to name names, but a lot of these people that are doing serial killer things and they do one autopsy and they, they just copy paste it for the next autopsy. You know, are they yeah, reuse, yeah, they reuse some writers reuse scenes and stuff or you know descriptions. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll use uh, concepts in in one book that that are so cool that I'll I'll find a place for them in another book. You know, total concept like uh, kids on the street. They create their own religion okay. because they don't have they have to have some kind of a religion. And so they create it, uh, and it's it's like a mythology. And I, I found that that was true in Miami. Um, I lived for a long time in Florida for 13 years. I was the, in the hell. Florida kids <laughs> created their own religion. Did they did they worship a, a crocodile? No, no, not a crocodile. But but they had a whole thing with uh, meth. The lady in white, the lady in white, and lady she was like an angel. And then there was the lady in black. And it was a whole mythology. It was really interesting. Hmm, weird. Um, and and I was able to use it in two separate books in two separate situations. But the concept was so cool and true, true to life, hmm. that uh, it it was it was well used in both books. You no, know? but it wasn't duplicated word for word. Okay. Hmm. And this series situation situation and characters were different. Now your instinct series looks like it's doing really well. We're talking about sixteen books now. I mean, what's what's the feedback been like? That book, uh, that series ended with eleven books, and the publisher quit on me. Mm-hmm. And that was that was doing very well. I mean, it was selling well. Uh, they just didn't like my agent, and they wanted to no, no no more dealings with my agent. So I got screwed up. I come. Uh, I was. I had two series, uh, Instinct and Edge books, that doing with the same publisher. I come home one day and the, uh, the agent calls me up and he he says they they've ended both series and both of them are making money, you know. Mm. And uh, <laughs> he never saw that it was his him behind it. Uh, you know, so the, the book is the making editor money, told, but the editor told me. 
You know, the editor told me years later, when I see your agent coming down the hall, I hide in somebody else's office. That's how abrupt this guy was. He was a typical New Yorker, you know, for, um, uh, I don't know, he, uh, he was abrupt with me. <laughs> My wife would not talk to him on the phone because he was a chauvinist. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. One time I was uh, I was in a hotel um, lobby once, and I was waiting. I was going. I was at a creative, you know, writing um, uh, writers uh, conference, and these two ladies in front of me were checking in ahead of me, and they're talking about this agent. They're talking about how awful he was, mm. and I said, "You guys aren't talking about Andy Zach, are you?" <laughs> <laughs> they said, "How did you know?" <laughs> Yeah, he's my agent. So I've had really, you know, yeah, I've I've had the worst luck with well, all, and, all the, that business. And I think that kind of goes into our next part here about you know your your experience with tradi- traditional publishers and in self publishing. Um, yeah. So yeah, tell us For a little me, bit more about your, tra- yeah. your experience with traditional publishers, and we'll move into what it was like compared to what's that like compared to self publishing. Well, the traditional publisher, you know, they 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 don't do any more advertising than you can do on your yourself because typically they're doing they're, they've got one person doing the marketing, public relations, one or two maybe, and they've got three hundred <clears throat> books a month that they're that this one person has to deal with. So you can imagine that they've got to pick and choose who they're going to get behind. And I learned early on that they will select somebody to really push. Matter of fact, my, my agent at one time said that they're trying to make a decision between you, Robert, uh, or this other uh, writer as a female writer. And uh, they went with her. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, so they're going to put all their marketing dollars into her and uh, – She's, she's got several pen names. One of them is Rob, R-O-B-B. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I was like, ah, that close. <laughs> but uh, I also, I read an article once where this uh, person, they got behind this, this guy's book because uh, the publisher's wife had read it and was in, 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 enchanted and infatuated by it. So the publisher comes in the next day and says, I don't care what it takes. If it takes three years, we're going to make this a bestseller. So they have that ability mm-hmm. to like who you know, do, do who that. You do favors. But, yeah. 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 But they're, you know, there's two. And then they call the rest of us their stable. Oh. Uh, we have our stable of writers. We already have our stable of writers. So they, you know, if they've already got their stable of writers, that means a, a new writer, a young writer. He's gonna. How's, where's he gonna fit in the stable? It's all full. <laughs> yeah. So it it's a very very hard curtain to to pass through, and um, it's like they they talk about the the ceiling, uh, you know, break the ceiling. Uh, very hard, and it and it's a very complicated. Uh, these publishers are very complicated. They're, they're, if you did a flowchart of of the, of the publisher now. It goes all over the place because mm. most most of they've all been bought up. All the small ones have been bought up mm-hmm. by four or five publishers. But within that, they've got these different uh, uh, print imprints. 
Okay. And some of them are, some of them are the name of a, of a particular editor who's just done very well. But trying to find uh, the, the right person at the right time to read your book and, and get excited. And then they'll get excited, and a year later, by the time it's published, nobody knows you because mm-hmm. your editor has left, left, went to another house, or retired, or was shot. <laughs> or shot, then, uh, dang. Dang, that cold, huh? <laughs> well, now that, yeah. That, shot, od uh, <laughs> when, when that happens, well, you remember when uh, Stephen King's uh, agent was stealing from him? Yeah. Um, my agent was stealing from me. I, I had no idea it was that prevalent. <laughs> uh, did you ever pay that agent a certain yeah. visit? Was there a certain um, particular visit with actually, that agent? Did they have an unfortunate fall? Actually, Some accidents? Actually, she's the agent. She is the agent that died on me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look at that. I had nothing. I had nothing to do with it. Good alibi. Uh, <laughs> just no, she, uh, no, she, she was, she was doing very poorly after a divorce, a really rough divorce, and then she got ill, and suddenly she passed away. Uh, but before that, all of her authors uh, did determined that she was skimming them all, particularly That's the no romance good, writers. Man. That's no good. You, you play yeah, dirty like the, that. Karma's going to get you. If she yeah. Then got her. All okay. the romance, all the romance, romance writers got talking to each other, and I, my my wife at the time was uh, an accountant, and she said, "There's something wrong here." So I'd call her up, and she'd say, "Are you calling me, crook? I don't know, crook." <laughs> And me don't think she does protesting with it. says, you got a mistake here. That's all. <laughs> yeah. But she was, uh, she was skimming off mm-hmm. uh, all of her writers. And that's once that got out, the news got out in the business, it, it destroyed her reputation. And after that, I understand she passed away and I was still paying, uh, um, 15% to, to this dead, dead agent. And my friend, Joe, Joe Conrath, uh, he's a great author, scary author, uh, humorous, very funny, funny and scary at the same time. Joe, uh, Joe Conrath. Okay. He, uh, he says to me, how do you do, how's that work, Rob? How do you pay a dead person? Right. How do you, <laughs> do you, you get that money you back? Drive, you drive to drive by the cemetery, drive it down a slot. <laughs> no, it was her husband who divorced her was her partner at the time. And he was taking the 15%. What? Man, you should yeah. get that money back. So this until makes book, sense. Uh, this makes sense why you would want to go towards self-publishing because or with KDP because yeah. you, you you control the, and you don't also you yeah. also don't have to worry about a middleman other than Jeff Bezos and my my, my experiences wanted me to run away. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and when I when I learned that KDP was a possibility, um, you know, there, there was a long like I don't know ten years when. King was try, uh, trying it out, and and nobody trusted it, and nobody believed it mm-hmm. that, that it was work. And, but by the time 2000 came around, uh, actually Joe Conrad uh, insisted that I take those books that are out of print and put them up there. And mm-hmm. he said, "You got so many books, you know, just do it." So I, I had 40 books at that point, mm-hmm. um, and I, I published with some small presses, and I published with New York presses, and so I had the experience of small press. And uh, full press, full on court, and then uh, then I went into KDP, and I, it really is easy to put the book up, right? And you can put it out, like when you're finished with it, 
you don't have to wait a year, a year and a half for a schedule. That that really appealed to me because I, I write so fast. They could never keep up with me anyway. Uh, I do. Th- I did three books this year at seventy three years books old. Three books this year. Wow, you know? man. Yeah, uh, mm. the babies, the vampire babies, uh, that true instinct, and the one before true instinct was dead on instinct, which I got some flack for because I made some Trump Trump remarks. <laughs> hey. Uh, hey, so <laughs> no, but yeah. And your experience on KDP, one thing I want to highlight here is that you uh, you teach at a university, right? You mm-hmm. teach writing, you teach yeah. English? Um, I, yeah, I moved from Chicago to West Virginia because of love. And uh, I'm here uh, in uh, Nitro. I just moved from Hurricane, okay. West Virginia, to Nitro. Nitro, Hurricane and Nitro. So I'm in an explosive area. Because of all the methamphetamines they cook but, uh, over there, yeah. And I'm I'm on a I, I teach at West Virginia State University, okay, um, part time. I'm okay. sort of semi-retired, so okay. And when um, you teach, what you teach English or writing? Yeah, um, the uh, introductory writing classes, okay. like uh, you know, so, so you essay te- and research paper. Okay, so you lecture mm-hmm. on writing, and you are an established author. What what is your experience with KDP and your thoughts on all these other guys? You don't mm-hmm. have to name names or anything, but what's your thoughts mm-hmm. are on these other guys and gals that just can come in so easily? Well, um, a lot of us like Gary Razor, uh, less than human. He wrote, and he's written quite a few things. He's a good writer. Uh, we all, you know, you know we. <laughs> We real professionals, you know, mm-hmm. uh, who've been in the business for a while. I, I you know, yeah, there's going to be some really talented young people, and I always try to um, encourage young talent. And and I see it sometimes in my classrooms. It's like somebody would blow me away, you know. And I let them know that they're publishable, and I tell them about KDP. But then there is, you know, there's this gaggle of people that have no, no, no respect for editing, no desire to be edited. They just think it, that they can just create something off the top of their head and they put it out there. And horror in particular doesn't need that because right. horror has a, enough bad writing. There, there's horror a, and erotica. Yeah, it's like... And fantasy uh, writers, uh, it's the same thing. So much bad fantasy writing going on but because it's such a, a sea it, it's like being in the yellow pages now yeah who's going to find you no one. how are they going to find oh better yet it's like the yellow pages except the yellow pages are covered and the only way to find what you're looking for is by searching <laughs> a keyword but yeah. what comes up are the top yeah. hits so it's yeah. dude it's worse than the yellow pages <laughs> it's like you have yeah. to know what you're searching for to yeah. find half the stuff it's like you really and, have to and use Amazon, media and, uh, and, uh, it's weird. Yeah, and, and Amazon has their, like, top 100 words you use to get people to come to, to you know, the algorithms and so right. forth. I don't understand half of it. And everyone uh, uses them. But what I, <laughs> yeah, I use Facebook and Twitter, and I, I just, I do a lot of marketing on mm. my own. And I try to do it with, I try to do it with a sense of humor and humility. Uh, I, I use my cover art, which is great. 
because my my son does such good graphic arts. He's a uh, he does uh, all kinds of uh, graphics. He 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 does it as a profession. That's cool. That's and cool. Uh, he, he 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 will you know he's artistic and he wanted to be uh, artistic, but he also wanted to make some money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, makes sense. Unlike uh, uh, most writers, can't make uh, enough to live on. Right. So no. you know, I went into teaching to support support my writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the KDP thing, it, what it, what is there are a lot of advantages to it though for a guy like me because I was able to continue my series, which I couldn't do with the New York publishers. Right. Because once they cut a series in New York, nobody else wants it. Very very rare that that a guy has so much clout that he can go from publisher to publisher to publisher with with particularly with the same series. Um, but I, I, I've, um, was able to c- create new series and continue my old series. I, I ended instinct with the number 11 with New York and now I've got 16. Okay. And, now, um, and with this, the, ed- the edge, the edge books were killed after three books and now there's five. You know, so the extensions, uh, never saw print, uh, okay. paper print. Hmm. Now the 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 Bloodscames books, uh, there were only three of them, uh, with uh, Diamond books, and uh, the idea was they were going to bring in six writers, and we we're going to do what the western with, with horror. We were going to do what they do with the westerns. That is, uh, you'd have so many writers that you'd get a book out a month wow. in that series. Okay. And they, they 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 let me name it, and I was the first writer. And after three books, I said, "Where's the other writers? Where's the other writers?" Well. It's not selling enough. We're we're gonna we're gonna dispense with that idea. They threw it out. Mm. But I wasn't done. I wasn't done. We're uh, done. Abe so Stroud had. There was so much more to, for Abe Stroud to do. Uh, Stroud is it's a built-in thing with the archaeology, you know. Right. Every right. time he has a dig, he digs too deep. He comes up with a supernatural. <laughs> so, so now, now, when they want to get here, it was they, because oh, because you're a savage author yeah. and you have this history. Uh, one thing I really want to get here mm-hmm. is with your experience with KDP is with comparison to work with a tr- traditional publisher, how is the growth? How is the outreach? And how is, if you want to reveal, uh, I guess, the, the financial thing, you know, the reward, I guess, financial reward? Yeah. Well, you know, I was making a lot, really good money when I first got into it. Okay. And as soon as they created the, they created the prime thing. Mm-hmm. Prime has has just um, it's like they put a pair of handcuffs on you. Um, yeah. The the whole Prime thing that they they made it sound like oh you authors are going to do great it's going to be great because you'll have a, a pool of of uh, extra money that goes to you depending mm-hmm. on how much books you sell. Well, pages, I was making the, the pages they four, read four or five hundred. Yeah, I was making like four or five hundred a month when I first started. Okay. And now, you know, I'm like I'm lucky if I can pull off two hundred, one fifty, and it's up and down. And the prime, it ever ever since the prime thing that they set up, it's just all for Amazon, and we're really unhappy about that because I I pushed um, Amazon KDP. For all my friends and everything, so, yeah. Because Joe Joe Con- Conrad pushed it on me, mm-hmm. 
and and I, you know it was like really great at the beginning. I noticed that they really pushed. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, they pushed I the couldn't prime. believe. I couldn't oh. believe. Yeah. So I, I noticed when they pushed the prime, no. they really pushed the page reads right, where they it's so many page yeah. reads you get. Uh, you get like a cent for, so you have to get a bunch of page reads, and yeah. it's just so it devalues your work. Yeah, and and no matter how what the it's like no concern for the quality of the work. It yeah. has nothing to do with any of it. And it, at first, it 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 felt like you know the quality of the work had something to do with all the sales. Um. And now it's like uh, another generation I'm trying to get another generation to take a look at my stuff. And uh, I, I dare people to just read the, you know, go and read the peek in the book. Yeah. Peek in the book. Peek you won't be it. able to put it down. You're going to have right. to buy it. Get those, get those page reads I, I really, yeah. yeah, I really put a lot of effort into making it very extremely visual. You, you do. Um, you do. I mean, we talked about pat, passive. I mean, I, I remember we what, talked about passive and active voice. Oh yeah, and that's, that's what we're gonna get into as well. Mm-hmm. We talked about uh, dead on writing and get get into that. Um, yeah. I think we'll say well, while well, financially it's not very rewarding as compared to I guess traditional public publishing for you. Uh, what about outreach? Like, have yeah. you noticed that you're able to reach more people? <laughs> um, I get more feedback. You know, it's hard. It's very, it's very difficult to tell. Like. Uh, Nobody's doing reviews anymore, so that makes it kind of hard to tell if any, if we, you know, it's kind of like sometimes you feel like you're you're the radio, the guy on radio at three in the morning. Is there anybody out there? Right. <laughs> you know, and it gets very frustrating. Uh, friends of mine who are, are very accomplished writers are having the same feelings, and they 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 want to give up, and I'm like, don't give up. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah you, one thing I have these is guys for incredible anymore. persistence. Yeah, for, yeah. For bucks, uh, were... The whole thing when they yeah, go ahead. Sorry, when they when when they started pay pay per per review like with major place outlets like Publishers Weekly and uh, and those uh, you know major outlets uh, you got to pay for a review. When they started doing that, that just it. it um, corrupted the whole thing you know it, it did i think yeah. you know and there's reviewers that say yeah. oh but we deserve to get paid because what we're doing it's like look i, I get mm. like you guys want to make a buck too but you are pretty much making a yeah. buck off the author reading their stuff to help promote them i yeah. guess but what is your outreach really you know it's it's yeah honestly man walker i don't know what, what do you think it's <laughs> i know, i think sometimes not- there's other people, other players in the writing industry that are making a lot mo- more money than the yeah. actual author than the yeah. actual writer. The writer gets a short end of the I, stick half the time. The editors make a shit ton of money. <laughs> Publishers, well, yeah, yep, that's been the case. And that was another thing that attracted me was that the the, uh, the cut the percentage of you know if you you get seventy percent, Amazon takes thirty percent, but that means you got to sell the book, you know. So, so uh. I, I do, you know, I spend a lot of time when I'm down between books, uh, just, just trying to get attention for a cover, attention for one book, two books. But uh, I use my Facebook. Uh, I've, got, I've got several Facebooks, uh, um, like two. One is devoted to more to writing uh, instruction, that sort of thing. One's devoted to the Titanic book, 
And one is the two others are just general uh, okay. places. No, what other um, book we want to talk I'm, about here? I'm on Twitter. Oh, the only Twitter book, a lot. Yeah. Hey, one of the book I want to talk about of yours is Dead on Writing. And with that, I think we're going to get into yeah. the power of using active voice instead of passive voice. Uh, so, so let's yeah. go with that. Yeah, Dead on Writing, I, I wrote that after I wrote uh, my first PI and only PI novel, the standalone called Dead On. And after I got through writing it, I thought, you know, it's time for me to put my class on a, uh, between covers. So I put it up and I got it on Audible, and it's an ebook. And the subtitle is uh, uh, How to for the Dysfunctional Writer in Us All. The dysfunctional writer is the one that's having, which is true of every writer, because you're writing and you know, you know you're you're not hitting it. You're not hitting it the way you should. So you you learn that rewriting is writing, and it's really about discovering the places in your book that where things flag, and your narrator is taking over for the actors, and the actors are sitting out the whole scene. You do think about a lot. Think about it like this: uh, you're, you're writing a whole scene, and you're, it's descriptive, and it's very well written. Uh, it's Chekhov almost, uh, but you forgot your character. He's supposed to be in the scene. He's gone. He's disappeared. Uh, that sort of thing. And uh, an active voice uh, is really the the the, the term voice uh, is the secret of why people continue to read your story. If you if your voice falters, let's say you use a big word that nobody knows. No, mm. no what's a, what's a copse? What's a copse of trees? What's a copse of trees. Okay. A copse of trees. C O P S E. A copse of trees. I used that in an early book, and I when the hell did I use that? I mean, I, I have. Uh, a, I was just, I have a bachelor's. So I don't even know what that <laughs> means. I, I a cop cop cop. It's just a. It, it's like a stand of trees in in a field by themselves. About a bunch of trees. I don't, I don't know where know. it comes from. Yeah, yeah, but it's 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 like a it's like an oasis in a field. Uh, you know, cops mm. and trees. And I use and I'm like, what the hell? Why did I use that? Uh, it just stops the reading, and it's it's it breaks with the voice of the rest of the story. You know, if it, that was a first person narrative too, with a. Um, a kid that was supposed to be like Huckleberry Finn, mm. and um, he would have never known that word, <laughs> right? Right. But I knew it. Now, it, for some reason, I wanted to show off. Um, but right, that though. sort of thing you learn over mm, you learn you, over time. Then you, you definitely right. You, you, you were mentioning. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. We can't see each other. So you were, we you were mentioning. You know, you mentioned aftershock. Um, mm-hmm. I. I've learned so much since then. Every time you write a novel, you learn things that you want to take to the next novel. It's like mm-hmm. a person who builds houses. Definitely. Every time you build a house, you go ahead, go ahead and sell it. Why do you want to sell the house? I want to build another one. Um, that's that's kind of the thing you you learn from each each even the book that you that you never sell. You learn things from from having done the writing. Mm. And the, the how-to that I do, there's actually some, uh, everything that I do in my classroom for my creative writing class, 
which I teach when I can. Um, and um, the, the exercises and, and practical advice and um, purposeful stuff is in there. And it's not your typical, it's not something like what Stephen King did uh, on, on writing. You know, you, you read his thing and it's more about him personally and mm-hmm. the muse and where that shit, where right, that shit right. comes from. You know, there's, an, there's another writer who says, well, you, if you're a writer, you have to, you have to go out to a, a lake and, and get naked and dive into the water. If you're a writer, you got to do shit like that. You know, it's not like that at all. No, my, my stuff is about what you can do to improve your writing now. Overnight, you can become a better writer. And so active voice more is effective than Stephen King's on writing, but Stephen King's on writing sold more because, well, it's Stephen King, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And the all I got Actually, from that I, one was I, I, was I, is that there's a toolbox and uh, watch yeah. out for adverbs and then yeah, there there's um there are things that you know, a lot of people say you 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 can't teach writing it's a talent that you're born with no that's bullshit that's not true yeah you can, you I mean, teach I've, it. I've been uh, <laughs> I've been teaching it for forty years so, um the. I, I I had to take issue with Stephen King once because he he was in a really bad mood. This was when his uh, agent, uh, Collie McCawkin, Collie, no, no, that's the kid from that's Home Alone kid. Yeah, you know, that's the movie. <laughs> yeah, his this guy's name this guy's name was similar to that. Uh, anyway, he Collie he Culkin, was uh, he Malone, got, he's a Home Alone uh, kid. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he got a yeah. The agent uh, got on drugs and and was. Skimming off on King's. Anyway, he was in a foul mood. You could tell from the article that he wrote. And I took issue with him because he he was saying the only reason to write is for money, you know. And That's I'm like, oh said. hell, you know. That... Yeah, yeah. So I took issue with it. Nobody would publish my issue, my re- my reply. The, the magazine that published him, they got they got him on the cover. You know, they're going to sell a lot of magazines. Uh, but the article was really. You know, it's like two pages of, of uh, ranting, and, and uh, I could tell it was, it was kind of a response to the shit he was going through at the time. Right. And he was on drugs himself. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to so, ask, was his editor uh, using his drugs? Because King King has a questionable yeah. past with that. I mean, people get King was, a uh, this crazy, was in, he was snorting coke like this crazy. Was in a mag- yeah, and this was in a magazine that I had taken out as a, as a teenager so I could learn to write. It's the writer's, the writer's digest. So I wrote the editors and they wouldn't publish my response. They said it was too long. Oh, no, I you just can't hate on the king. That's all it is. It wasn't too long. You just can't hate yeah. on the king. Yeah. He's, he's protected. So I, I was a member of cards. I was a member of horror. I was a member of horror, horror writers of America. So I sent it to them for their newsletter and they printed it. Okay. And all I got response uh, the only response i heard from from any of the other writers was oh you're just jealous that's the go-to you. <laughs> you're just jealous you're just jealous they want to suck man i get it people the people love king i get it i get it he rose to the top okay yeah. but some people were just yeah. sucking on his t- on his teeth man like dude yeah. you don't have to kiss his yeah. ass you you could say it his son is better than yeah. he is <laughs> I'm yeah. just, Look, Stephen King. Oh, actually, uh, I I I saw the, both of them uh, on stage too, uh, and his son is funnier. 
yeah. and livelier and happier. You know, kid is fun. He is riot. Look, he had King, me King's old work on was seat. great. Uh, and Joe Hill's mm-hmm. current work reminds me of King's old work, but much more intense. Yeah, yeah. Much more intense. And that's that's yeah. what he want. You know? And it's you know, you know Yeah, I, I always I always wanna ask yeah, you too, I've Mr. Walker. T- I'm sorry. Said that I, <laughs> what yeah, are your thoughts I've on Joe Hill just that, rising uh, up? Oh, go ahead, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, I've always said that my competition is is Stephen King. I I'm working toward trying to uh, compete with this guy um uh, but i've never had the the luck uh i mean he had, it was pure luck that he just got the right editor at the right moment with carrie carrie yeah. carrie was the second second manuscript he sent to the guy mm-hmm. you know how fucking lucky is that i, I sent out a thousand i got a thousand rejections before i got published right you know? mm. so it's I- all so matter right time in the right place right time right place what are your thoughts on uh joe hill though i mean how it, oh, he's, he, he's astounding you know but do you think king pulled any favors to make sure joe hill got published or i mean they say they didn't um, know but it's like i think they caught wind that he was his well son. the reason he the, the reason the reason he didn't use his father's name was the i i understand was because he wanted to make it on his own, he didn't want to. He didn't want to uh, on his on his dad's coattails. Right. So I, I kind of respect that. That I that's respect true. That I think that everything I've read uh, about him uh, and and seeing him on stage, I mean, the guy is he's, he's got a quicksilver mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And he he looks a lot like his dad. When oh, he, was he definitely does. He definitely does. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, my last question. Well, yeah, the, the other boy, the other son, isn't doing much, is he? Oh, we don't talk about him much, do we? Yeah. Uh, now, the last yeah. question I have for, for his you. Wife, he, his oh. wife. His wife wrote a. His wife wrote a couple of books. Yeah, well, with King you know? too. They were, were they wrote one together. It was kind of yeah. more feminist leaning. But, yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, what do you think about Peter Peter Straub and King's? Uh, Peter Straub. Okay. Um, collaboration. Peter Straub. There's, there's a book called Ghosts. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I, I could I could tell which I could tell which one was right in which section, and it's kind of irritating. I haven't read that one, but it I'm pretty sure you could because I mean King style's more like there's not really a whole lot of structure. Mm-hmm. Like he just sort of yeah he flows, lets the characters take flow. You know. Like a lot of stream of consciousness with each character, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he doesn't know how to end it. Think, <laughs> you know, that's a running, running yeah. joke with King. You know, uh, yeah, endings are something I do very well. Yeah, just end I'll, I'll do an done. ending. I, yeah, there was a, a reviewer that did a for um, Fangora magazine said uh, every horror writer should study Walker for endings, how to end a book. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was it's kind of bur- buried in the magazine. <laughs> now, one question I would say for all my guests towards the end here is, what is your favorite horror movie mm-hmm. and, and why? Well, yeah, there, there there's so many great horror movies, uh, but I really liked uh, as a kid, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and I, I 
I detested the remake of it. The of remake course. sucked. Yeah, remakes usually suck, except for <laughs> The Thing. I mean, the only remake I know that really worked well yeah. was The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. I um, love The Thing. Actually, I love it I love it in the original as well, because I, I love to see uh, James Arnaz do, as the monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only reason they picked him was his size, you know? <laughs> of course. And of the, course. Idea of, uh, the, idea of, the idea of an alien plant man. Yeah. But, they, yeah, the much more exciting... Uh, uh, the remake of that one. Mm-hmm. Now, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, man, it's been, I think I was a kid when I watched that. Uh, that, that was yeah, crazy. Yeah, I, I saw it. I saw it as a kid in the, the very, uh, you know, I was born in 48, so I probably saw it in 1955 or 54. And it, it had me up all night, man. I thought that my parents were going to replace me any day now. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it starts out with that little boy. Remember the little boy was running mm-hmm. away from his home, and Kevin McCarthy was perfect for that part. It was good. And, uh, definitely need to rewatch well, it. I mean, it's, it's yeah, been forever. So that's the, the problem with the remake. Problem with the remake was that they had all the wrong actors for one thing. Kick, kick, what's her name? What's her name? Kidman. Kidman. Kidman? Uh, let's see. Yeah, she was terrible on that. Nicole Kidman. She was in the remake, huh? She was in the remake. Nicole Kidman. Uh, she, let's see. Couldn't pull it off. She can't pull off horror. She was also in the Stepford Wives remake, or second remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't work. That didn't work either. Okay, yeah, She's she, was, she was in it. She was in it for sure. Okay. Yeah, 1978, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, let's see. Yeah, more recent. More recent. Actually, I like that one where they, everybody had to be quiet. That's, uh, uh, the the quiet Emily place? Blunt. Yeah, Emily Blunt and her husband wrote the script. It was uh, something about being quiet. Yeah. I can't remember the title. Or the, or the monster will get you. Did it have the deaf girl in yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the girl with the hearing aid. Yeah, yeah. that was a uh, the quiet place. Yeah, if you. Yeah. <sighs> that movie. They're, they're doing a re- they're doing a they're doing a uh, second one on that. Yeah, is it is the, it the, sequel the, or is it a prequel? Because. Hmm. Not sure, but the husband was killed in the originals. Right. I, th- I think it's going to be a sequel. Okay. She's got, she moves on with her kids. Yeah. That was that was quite well done. You know, they, they really had to the think about every little. For, looking at the cast for, uh, I don't see Nicole Kidman in the uh, remake. I see Brooke Adams. Was it her? Uh, I must. It's okay. I Nicole Kidman's a redhead. Um, was, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the Quiet Place. Yeah, what's his name? The, uh, the Quiet Place irritated me a little bit. I liked the movie overall, but. Man, so many scenes, yeah. so many bad situations could could have been avoided if the deaf girl just listened to her father, <laughs> you know. But that's the thing with kids; yeah. they don't listen. They don't listen to the parents ever, you know. Yeah. No. Yeah, there was, and uh, let's see, there was one. Uh, I can't recall the titles. I'm, I'm getting too old. I can't recall titles. Yeah. 
Now it happens with age. It's okay, what's man. Your favorite, what, what, what's your favorite? What's your favorite? My two favorite. Movie? My favorite. I Halloween is one of my go-to's because it's one of the first horror movies I actually watched. Mm-hmm. I, I actually remember watching it with my mom because, yeah. and then of course then the thing. But that was mm-hmm. later, and it wasn't really until yeah. after a while that I really, really watched it. I was like, oh man, because the first time I watched, it, I think I only watched bits yeah. of it. Yeah, those are my two favorites. See, the original, the original Alien was really good. Oh yeah, that's good too. First that's time I one. saw it. Man, I'm a big fan of Indiana Indiana Jones. They're going to come up with a new Indiana Jones. They'll have to do some makeup for Harrison. Is he still going to be alive by the they're, time they're he makes it? On, they're working on. They're working on. Well, they're working on number five. Oh really? I think currently. Yeah. He's kind of an amazing guy, though. Yeah, I mean, he'll do anything for a check. I mean, that's 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 how he that's a line. That's a famous line, right? Just take the check. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember him uh, playing the. Remember when he played the president and he kicked that guy off his plane? Yeah, off my plane. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's he was a good actor. He is a good actor still. Um, I kind of feel like in the the new Star Wars trilogy, kind of he kind of. And he played Harrison Ford, but he kind of yeah. like phoned it in to, because yeah. I mean, he knew what it was. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're rebooting this trilogy. And he, you can see on his face, it was kind of silly and stupid. It's like, why are we doing this again? The worst, yeah, the worst, uh, the worst one was a, that movie about uh, the crop circles and the aliens came down, and Mel oh, Gibson only signs? had one signs. Only had, yeah, the Mel Gibson only had yeah, yeah. It was with the. Uh, and the alien, they locked the alien in the in the root cellar. He comes across the entire universe, and he gets locked in the root cellar, and he <laughs> right? can't get out. <laughs> yeah, Walking <laughs> yeah. Phoenix was another. What film killed too. me about yeah. what killed me about that movie was Mel Gibson talking about phoning it in. Oh, he yeah. had one look for horror; just had his mouth open. Yeah, and I, I, I was so I was so uh, incensed by this movie. I got into a, we were, we were drinking Joe Conrad and I, and we're in a dark room and there was uh, one of those mic nights uh, in Chicago, an open mic. And, uh, we we got to discussing this film and Joe was, I thought he was kidding. He was telling me how one, how great this was. Shambhala was a genius and Shambhala did it. And I said, this was the, the worst damn movie I've ever had. And I get, you know, we were drinking. So I, I, I kicked a chair and it almost hit him. <laughs> okay. And everybody, everybody came running. Uh, all right, all right, we're gonna break this up. No more discussion of this film. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, and there's a lot of people we're who are very totally passionate about them. Oh man, there's people that are passionate about signs. They yeah. love signs. But you bring up a good point about the alien yeah. getting stuck in such a stupid way. You know, it, the aliens are yeah. they died of water. Right? So, so the kids. Could, the kid yeah. can win. All he has to do is fill, you know, just use water guns. Yeah. My kids get kicked to aliens. Not only ass. that, they, you know, long before that, though, the, the whole alien, uh, the crop circles were already explained that it was the humans doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I believe, I believe that. <laughs> right. That's and more plausible. Capable. I believe it's capable. I, I believe humans are capable of building the uh, pyramids, you know? I'm sorry, but that's what I believe. Oh man, I had a guess that went yeah. deep on ancient aliens. I don't know, man. I don't know, but uh, it's okay. It's okay. All right, Mr. Walker. Another, 
Another film with uh, that I really loved was uh, James Arnaz's In Them with the giant ants. Oh, them, that scared yes. me when I was a kid. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, that's that. that, that. Hey, we've gone over time. Hey, no, but we're good. Uh, Mr. Walker, thank you so much for being on Hard Talk Radio. It was it was a pleasure of mine to talk to you to go over, especially, um, especially the Instinct sure. series, talking about what your experience with traditional publishing, self publishing. Sure. And going over uh, dead on writing, yeah. Ladies, gentlemen, who've made this far, hey, press the like button, share, subscribe. I love talking. Hey, love talking writing. Hey, it's good stuff. It's uh, good stuff. I, I appreciate your, I appreciate your inviting me on. And hey, no problem. Yeah, you're gonna edit this down, right? Oh no, this is a live podcast, sir. <laughs> sir it is a live podcast. <laughs> uh, it's all about oh, the conversation. Okay. I'll have to look it, it up. Uh, it's all good. I'll have to send my folks my. Send all my friends and folks to to take a look at it. Oh, feel free to. More the merrier, man. All right, guys. Y'all take yeah, it easy. Y'all have a good one. The people that you, what? you know, people that are you're closest to, they don't they don't appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, man. Nice, great, enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Take care. Hey, you take it easy, Walker. Stay stay safe. Bye bye.